Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. In John chapter 18 tonight, um, we uh, had seen, ever since chapter 13, we've been in the last week of Jesus' life. And we had Jesus washing his disciples' feet. We had them, him give the Last Supper. We saw as Judas walked out to go and betray Jesus. And then we saw Jesus giving some instruction to his disciples from chapter 14 into chapter 16 of, of the fact that he was going away and he was going to send the Spirit that his disciples would not be alone, that he was sending his spirit to be with us. And then we saw him praying in the garden. And then we saw how he was taken by a betrayal from Judas and how the soldiers had come and taken him away. And yet even in the midst of that, he was in control John points out that uh, when they came, he just asked them, who are you looking for? Or um, Anyway, he was in control. And he was the one who was telling the, the soldiers not to, not to bother with his disciples, to leave them alone. He told Peter to, to put away his sword. Because he was going to go willingly. We saw also how he was taken to the, the home of Annas to be interrogated by the, the high priest. And after that, what we're getting to tonight is how Jesus was taken to the house of Pilate. Now tonight, as, as we look at this text, as Jesus is being interviewed before Pilate, I make a strange association. Uh, as I think about the text tonight, I think about Johnny Cash. Maybe you know the song where Johnny Cash sings these words from Pilate. What is truth? In Johnny Cash's song, he's talking about the, the lonely voice of truth that cries, or the lonely voice of youth that cries, what is truth? You've got the, the rebels in the 60s who are longing for some kind of meaning and they see uh, maybe their, their, their friends and others that are being sent off to war and they just they don't know what the meaning is behind all of it. And, and Johnny Cash uh, says that they're asking the question, what is truth? And that question, what is truth, is an ancient question that goes on back to the philosophers of old. People want to know what is truth. Of course, Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's an ancient question. 
How do we know what is truth? Plato talked about it. Aristotle talked about it. All the the ancient philosophers want to know what is truth. And it, it still comes down to our day, what is truth? I think Pilate's saying there, when he says what is truth, has a lot to do with what we see around his question throughout this text. Because what we see is that the truth is plain to the people that are there. And as Romans says, they're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. It's plain who Jesus is. He was the one who had healed the blind. He was the one who had raised Lazarus from the dead. He was the one who could tell a a centurion to go home and his son was healed. All of those things Jesus could do and the people had seen Him do those things. It was clear who He was, but they were suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. And the chief priests... The Pharisees, they brought Jesus to Pilate. And Pilate says, I don't see anything wrong with him. There's no guilt in him. I'm ready to let him go if you want me to. But to appease the Jewish leaders, instead he let Barabbas go. It says a robber. Likely from the word, we we get the idea that maybe he was an insurrectionist, that he was a political zealot who would kill for an uprising. The righteous man was sent to the cross and Barabbas was set free. Let's, uh, Let's read our text beginning in verse 28 of John chapter 18. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were doing evil, were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not 
from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you would use your word in us. Your word is light and truth, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that you would use your word to make us see your glory deeper, to change us more and more into your image, that we might love you more, that we might serve you greater. Lord, use your word in us to accomplish your purposes. And give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas. That's where we had left off to the governor's headquarters. And and here's a little ironic thing. It says he was early in the morning and again... I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) My eyes just skipped to the wrong place. It was early in the morning and they themselves, that would be the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders who were taking Jesus to Pilate, they wouldn't enter the governor's headquarters. Because they didn't want to be defiled and so they could eat the Passover. That's, that's blatant hypocrisy, isn't it? They were concerned about the religious observance. They wanted to keep their hands clean. They, they wanted to make sure that they did not make themselves ceremonially unclean. They couldn't go into the house of a Gentile. So Pilate ends up going inside to talk to Jesus and outside to talk to them. And inside to talk to Jesus and outside to talk to them. Because of their scruple that they would not go into the house of a Gentile and make themselves ceremonially unclean. Yet, they were bringing an innocent man to Pilate seeking the death penalty. They were blind to their hypocrisy. They were so concerned about the little thing, about being ceremonially pure so they can eat the Passover meal, but in their hearts they were ravenous wolves ready to put Jesus to death. It reminds us maybe of of Isaiah chapter 1. I, where God tells Israel, 
Put your sacrifices away from me. They make me sick. I don't want to see any of your worship because your hands are bloody. That's what these people are being like. They're so concerned to have ceremonial cleanness and yet they have murder in their hearts. We can sometimes be like that ourselves. Maybe we're not trying to put to death the Son of God. But sometimes we can also be concerned about the wrong things. We can want to keep ourselves clean and so we don't do what God is calling us to do. Maybe... This is just coming to me off the top of my head right now, but maybe it has to do with ministering to certain people. We want to keep ourselves clean and pure, and we can't be around people who use that kind of language or do those kinds of drugs or activity. We don't want to be around those people, and yet God may be calling us to them to share with them the gospel. Are we sometimes being like these Pharisees, these chief priests who were taking Jesus and they were concerned about themselves being kept clean, but they were not concerned about the greater matters? So Pilate went outside to them. He has to go run back and forth like a ping pong ball. And he asked them, what accusation do you bring against this man? It was probably not the first time that Pilate had known about this. Because remember, whenever the Jewish leaders came to arrest Jesus, they already had a, a unit of guards that was there, Roman guards that had come to arrest Jesus. In order to get those guards, they probably had to go get permission from someone like Pilate. So Pilate probably already knew what they were bringing him for. And yet he asked the question, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him without an answer. They don't spell out the charges. They don't answer him. They basically say, if this man were not doing evil, we wouldn't have brought him to you. They couldn't speak it. Maybe they knew that they, they couldn't say anything that would stick. Maybe it's because they already expected Pilate would know why they were bringing him. But for whatever reason, all they say is, of course he's doing something wrong. Just give us our verdict. Don't worry about that. Just give us our verdict. We want this man to die. Pilate said to them, Take him and judge him by your own law. Maybe he's taunting the Jews. He knows what they want. And he knows they can't get it without his help. And so he tells them, Just go take him and judge him by your own law. They didn't have the authority to crucify Jesus. They didn't have the authority to put him to death. They needed the Romans for that. 
And the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. They're admitting that. They're admitting they did not have that authority. And then, let's not forget this verse 32. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. We think back in the Gospel of John, the Gospel that we've been going through. When Jesus talked about what kind of death He was going to die, would have been back in John chapter 3, and I believe the other place was John chapter 12, where He said that the Son of Man must be lifted up. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and that all those who looked upon the serpent will be saved, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. The Jewish authorities did not have any power to do that. But the Romans, they could crucify. They could lift the Son of Man up. The Jews needed the Romans in order to accomplish what they wanted. Then, Pilate entered his headquarters again. Once again, he's inside, he goes outside, he goes back inside. He enters his his headquarters again and he calls to Jesus and he said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Well, we just read the conversation that he had with the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders didn't tell him he claims to be the king of the Jews in what we read here. So there's more going on than what meets the eye. Either he already knew it before they brought him to him, or there was more information in the conversation than what John records there. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, he He answers with a question. Jesus couldn't just say yes or no. Because either way he went, Pilate would misunderstand him. If when Pilate asks, are you the king of the Jews? If he said yes, then it would need some more explanation. Because if he just said yes, Pilate would think, well, he is some kind of an insurrectionist. He's a political person that wants to be a threat to Rome. And, but if Jesus would have said no, well, that would have left something out too. Because Jesus was the king of kings. So Jesus asked, did you say this from yourself? Or did others tell you this about me? And Pilate gets frustrated. Maybe he's even insulted by what Jesus tells him and he says, am I a Jew? These are no concerns of mine, Pilate was probably thinking. It's no concern of mine if you call yourself the king of the Jews. I think what he's saying is, of course it wasn't within me. It was, it was them that had told me that's what you're claiming. Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. And that word delivered you over, it's the same word that is used that talks about Judas betraying Jesus. To deliver over is to betray So it's your own people who betrayed you to me. 
is what Pilate says. He says, what have you done? He wants to get, so to speak, he wants to get at the truth. But he doesn't really want to get to the truth. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. As we read those words, we think about when Jesus was arrested. Peter was ready to go. He was armed. He pulled his sword. He cut off the ear of the guard, of the officials. And Jesus tells Peter, put away your sword. That's not how we're going to protect my kingdom. He hasn't put away his sword. He places the man's ear back on. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. He was not a threat to the Romans at that time. Although one day, the Roman Empire would be turned upside down because of Jesus. At that time and in that moment, Jesus was no threat to Pilate. He was no threat to Caesar. He was not seeking an earthly kingdom. But he was a part of the inbreaking of a kingdom. A kingdom in which all those who believe in him are citizens. We are citizens. If we are believing and trusting in Jesus, we are citizens under the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our allegiance is in a new place. It's no longer to earthly kings. But it is to Jesus. Pilate says, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I've come into the world. Jesus references his birth. He says, for this reason I was born. You know, this is the only time in the Gospel of John we read about Jesus' birth. It tells us in the first chapter, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We, we know that, the, that Jesus was pre-existent. He was the pre-existent, eternal Son of the Father. The Word who became flesh. But here it says... For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I came into the world. He was king. That little baby in the manger was born to be the king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus says to Pilate, For this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Again, we recall earlier in the Gospel of John. John chapter 10, whenever Jesus said, My sheep 
hear my voice. And they follow me. Here, Jesus says, anyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus' kingdom is one in which the king comes and he speaks and his citizens follow him. Then Pilate said, what is truth? I'm going to come back to that. The next verse, after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews. He keeps going back and forth and back and forth. (laughs) He goes back outside to the Jews and he told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man to you at Passover. So do you want me to release the king of the Jews? Probably said it with kind of a sneer, taunting the Jewish leaders. They cried out, not this man, but Barabbas. They wanted to release a guilty man. They wanted to release a terrorist instead of Jesus, who had done nothing. I think what we see here in in this whole text, we see Pilate's question, what is truth, is being suppressed by everyone around. The... The Jewish leaders, they should know who Jesus is. They'd seen his miracles and that they were suppressing the truth, just like Romans 1 tells us we all do. And Pilate, he admits, I don't find any fault in this man. There's no guilt in this man. There's nothing deserving of death. And yet, just to appease the Jewish Leaders to, to keep the peace, to keep their boot from being some kind of a rebellion, he's willing to just crucify an innocent man. And so both Pilate and the Jewish leaders are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. That is what we all do. Romans chapter 1 tells us we are born. Every one of us knows God, but we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And you have those who claim to be atheists who will say, I don't believe in God. But what they're doing is just what Pilate was doing, and it's just what these Jewish leaders were doing. They were suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. If God is real, if He is true, then He demands things from us. And we will stand before Him and give an account one of these days for everything we have ever done, thought, or said. And so we suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. Jesus came and He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I talked before about 
the question, what is truth? Johnny Cash sang about it. It's the, the question of the ages. What is truth? And, and the philosophy, the reigning philosophy of our day is that of, of naturalism. Everything that exists is all just matter. Everything that exists is just physical. There's no spirit. There's just matter. And everything like our emotions, they're all just chemicals running around in our brain. And we get feelings of love and joy and all of those things because of these chemical reactions in our brain. And God, according to this worldview, according to this reigning philosophy of our day, didn't create human beings, but we just evolved randomly into existence. Maybe some strike of lightning or something began the first life forms. And... But in that worldview, there is no basis for rationality. If everything just evolved by chance, then how do we know that what we perceive in the world is really true? That it really corresponds to any kind of reality at all? I know I may be getting a little high up there for there's no way to, because everything is all random in that kind of a worldview. And Nietzsche, and a philosopher from the 1800s, Nietzsche recognized the implications of this. Nietzsche was the father of what we call nihilism. And nihilism basically said, well, yes, it embraces that naturalistic worldview and basically says, because of that, then there is no meaning. Nietzsche was this philosopher who, who said that God was dead. Basically that we have evolved into a, a, a state in which we needed God to get to where we are, but we don't need Him anymore. So God is dead, according to Nietzsche. And yet Nietzsche couldn't live with that. Nietzsche died in an institution. He went insane because he believed that. You can't live like that. To believe that there is no meaning and no purpose in all of the universe. And that there is no truth. If you follow the news and things about our politics today, some people say we're in a post-truth era where nobody cares about truth anymore. We need truth. And Jesus is our foundation for how we can know there is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And while Jesus was there on trial before Pilate, he was asked the question, what is truth? By the end of the day, Jesus was hung on a cross, crucified, died, a sword through his side, he was dead. And he was laid in a tomb. His, the tomb was sealed with a stone in front of it. And yet three days later on Sunday, his tomb was empty. Do you want to know how 
we can believe that what we see in the world is real and not just some random accident. It's because Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection, the fact that he really died and he really rose from the dead, he was we don't believe that he just some, somehow kind of just mysteriously... Um, it, some kind of a spiritualized resurrection. That, that somehow his teachings lived on. No, his corpse got up and walked out. He was alive. And he was seen by many, many people. He, he was seen by his disciples. Thomas didn't believe at first. And yet Thomas, whenever Thomas got to see Jesus, he stuck his hand in his side and his fingers in the holes in his hands. And it was seen by more than 500 people. What we saw in our Easter message. Christianity is a historical religion. It is crucial that Jesus really rose from the dead. Paul said, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we are of all men to be pitied. There are some who would say, well, Christianity is just such a good religion that I would believe it even if Jesus never never rose from the dead. Well, that's just wrong. That's just... Because Paul said, if it's not true, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're to be pitied and we're still in our sins. But because Jesus rose from the dead, because He was seen by witnesses, because those witnesses wrote down their testimony, we can believe that life has meaning. How do we know which religion of all the religions in the world are true? It's because Jesus rose from the dead. You can go to Buddha... And he's in a grave somewhere. Muhammad is in a grave somewhere. But Jesus has an empty tomb. He is alive. He was seen by many witnesses. And because he lives, we have hope. The question of what is truth or how can we know what is true is the question that philosophers call epistemology. Jesus is the answer to that question. He rose from the dead. He gives verifiable proof of the fact that He was who He said He was. He was God in the flesh who came to reveal to us the Father and to die for our sins. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So Pilate asks, what is truth? And the answer is, truth has a name. He was standing right before Pilate, looking him in the face. Truth is Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.